Hi, everybody. I'm Karen Hartglass. You are listening to It's All About Food. Whew. I'm here with Gary DeVite. Hey, Karen. It's great to see you. We're in the same room. We're in the same room. In the same city. In the same city. We are celebrating because if you've been listening for the last three months, my partner, Gary DeVite, co-host on this program, co-founder of the nonprofit we run, Responsible Eating and Living. My best friend. Yeah. We've that. been We're totally best friends. For three months. Totally best friends. And now we're together. I know. It's been great. Since Thursday. A few nights. Yeah. yeah. So few today's nights, Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. So Thursday. Yeah. Not very long. To me, it just seems like, like it always was. But no. you have some memory of what it was when we weren't together. But you've been incredibly busy. I mean, you have been moving and shaking, moving and shaking. All I've been doing is directing two directing shows. Directing two shows. Did you hear that? Gary's directing two shows simultaneously. Yes. And he has rehearsals in... every night and he alternates one show and the other. I don't know how you keep things straight. I'm able to talk to you when we're not together in the same room and that keeps me off the ceiling. I just wanted to have a moment of gratitude for technology. So we are sitting here in San Francisco, right next to the Golden Gate Park, inside, of course, in our mobile podcasting studio. Yeah, where we saw, we went for a walk through Golden Gate Park and we're right, we're right by Golden Gate Park. It's, it's right across the street. Beautiful. We were walking through the park yesterday and we saw a vegan food truck greeted us. Now, Gary has been dreaming of owning a vegan food truck for probably as long as you've been vegan, right? Yeah. Since uh, since going vegan, I thought, wow, what a cool idea. And then tying it in with responsible eating and living, we could actually drive out to different locations and do food demos. And Yeah. So the challenge right now is where to park a where truck like that. It? In New York City, if you have any ideas, you can let us know at info at realmeals.org. Or maybe a vegan food boat. There you go, vegan food boat. <laughs> because there's lots of places to, what is it, moor your boat or sure. or dock your boat? Because, I mean, we're right... We're well, surrounded by water. Surrounded by water, so there's got to be a place. We'll figure it out. Meanwhile, we're right here in San Francisco, which I think, Gary, is your favorite city, or one it's of It's one of my favorite cities. Yeah, the other being, of course, New York. I love San Francisco, but I have mixed feelings about it because I always feel chilled. Well, yeah, especially, you know, the fog. Yeah, it gets gets to my bones. Yeah, but it's nice. It's nice because it's about 20 degrees cooler than it is down in the valley and uh, surrounding areas. Yeah, so I mean, I read people's social media posts about 107 degree weather in Texas or in some parts of Florida and it and even in the Bay Area, it's heating up, but right here in San Francisco, it's so pleasant cool. 55 degrees. But yes. the problem was, I packed when I was in New York City, and it was in the 80s, and the idea of packing warm clothes was was very difficult. Yes. So I'm cold. <laughs> and I'm sorry about that. That's okay. I'm not cold right now. No, we're, we're uh, quite comfortable. We're quite comfortable. We're house-sitting at a friend's home which is gorgeous it's just uh, a wonderful location and we can walk to just about everything yeah that's a lot of fun so speaking of walking to just about everything we have done a little walking 
and eating. Of course. And I want to mention some of the places we went to for nourishment. Yes, let's. Yeah, so we do like to prepare our own food, and we just got to this place, and when you're not familiar with the space that you're in and you haven't done significant amount of food shopping and you're starving, (laughs) you want to go out and get some food. We went to a place called Nourish. So good. And it's one of these order-at-the-counter places. They have tables outside. But they focus on bowls and wraps. And they have smoothies and total yum. Yeah, it's a plant-based cafe located in the Richmond district. 189 6th Avenue, and they also have a location on Knob Hill. Mm. Check them out. They're really, really, really good. cool. Not far from Golden Gate Park, so if you're if you're there at the De Young visiting the Obama exhibition, which we highly recommend, we're going to go. We are. Hit Nourish Cafe. It's really, really cool. And uh, they also, they cater. As I mentioned, they have the 6th Avenue location and the Hyde Street location near California Street, and you can order and pick it up. It's just a cute little cafe, and it's all vegan. And yummy and fresh. And the staff is really awesome. And the and Karen mentioned just now the bowls. They've got a quinoa, yam, avocado, sprout, hummus, cucumber. They have a uh, jasmine brown rice, mixed greens, cabbage, avocado, yams, roasted broccoli, and or cauliflower, mushroom. They have... Uh, they use real food. Yeah. <laughs> you... And then you add... You got one of those bowls. Yeah. Uh, there's several other bowls. And you added some tofu to it, right? You added tofu? I Maybe. Might yeah. have been a protein option. Right. Protein. <laughs> I got the uh, veggie wrap, which is hummus, avocado, carrots, sprouts, red peppers, romaine lettuce, cabbage, cucumber, oil-free, creamy dill, hemp dressing... Which was really good. I think you had the hemp dressing as well, oil-free, on your salad, on your bowl. Yeah, it was good. Whatever I had. Here was the cool thing about mine. It was served in a raw spinach wrap. Right. I got to figure out how to make that. Uh, It was was the consistency of nori, Mm -hmm. but um, not as chewy as nori, but it was a raw spinach wrap, and it was really, really great. Yeah, some serious dehydration going on there. Yeah. Yeah. It for the wrap, like, not for, in our bodies. Right. <laughs> but they have smoothie bowls and smoothies, and they have avocado toasts and Mediterranean toasts. It's just a great place. Check out Nourish. In Don't Central. they have like a vegan version of Nutella? Yes. They, they have a bunch of different toasts, like you mentioned, but you can get all kinds of fun schmears. Yeah, they call it a <laughs> chocolate hazelnut spread, and it's chocolate hazelnut spread, and you could add bananas to it. Mm. Uh, they have almond butters. I know you're hungry, and I'm hungry, so... It's a little like the food we make at home, Gary. It is. Whenever we're at home. And they have waffles. Better breakfast waffles and quinoa waffles, so... Oh, let's go back We gotta right go back. Now. We gotta go back and have a waffle. <laughs> and their soup looked really good. Anyway, we really had a great time. I liked time. it, yeah. Great time at Nourish Cafe, and of course, the setting is just perfect. We're trying to get... To visit some of the more upscale restaurants like Wild Seed, we've been there once, but they always seem to have all of their reservations filled, so they're hard to get to. But we're we're not 
quite up to that we'll yet. We'll get to Wild Seed, and maybe we'll get there late, because... Um, late at night, Late yeah. at night would be fun to be on Union Street. There's also a location, in addition to the San Francisco location, there's a Wild Seed now opening in Palo Alto, so... That's true, we could go there. We can check it out. Yeah, but they're all booked, too, when I try to get See, and that, that's really... That's really... Um, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, right? Right. That, that, uh, that the a, vegan restaurants are booked. A vegan restaurant is booked. We also went to Baya. That's one of the Matthew Kenny restaurants. We right. haven't been there on this trip, but maybe soon. Maybe. It's great Italian, but they use things that we're not necessarily too cool about, which I know you want to talk a little bit about today. They use some of the, um, some of the processed vegan foods that are out there now that make people's lives a little easier in the kitchen like just and I, a. I think wild seed uses them too and that's that's frustrating i i can understand how it's easier for a restaurant to put things together with these ready-made foods like just egg which works just like an egg but and it's beyond burgers and and the beyond and impossible burgers but I don't want to eat those highly processed foods which is why we are on the air to tell folks about why it's important to get to know your kitchen, get back into your kitchen, and or if you don't have time to cook, give you ideas on what it is that you can get that has minimally processed ingredients. Sure. A big box of mixed greens with some tahini dressing and some baked tofu on top and some quinoa and some boiled sweet potatoes. Let's talk about your meal prep, because as you just said, it's very similar to what Nourish Cafe was all about when you were on the road. Let's remind folks that you made bowls. Okay. I kind of got into this when I was in Wisconsin, and I talked about it quite a bit on this program. And now we're in a new place, in a different kind of kitchen. So before, I was in the actor's house sharing a kitchen with a bunch of different actors. Now we're in a friend's home, and the kitchen... Is a decent size, but it's there's not a lot of space for anything. Well, yeah, it's a Julia Child kind of kitchen. I mean, there's uh, pots and pans hanging everywhere. There's a wolf. There's a wolf stove. All the toys are there. The toys are there, but not much counter space because you're sharing it with cats who like to jump up on things. And so there's there's some cat. Room. And the refrigerator is full. Yeah. So we can't buy a lot of stuff for ourselves. We just have. It's, we buy just a few days worth of stuff. We're and, very grateful to be here, but it's a little it's a little tight. So knowing those parameters. Right. So th- what I'm trying to bring up is how to eat healthfully and how to make simple meals no matter where you are, no matter what the situation is. Right. I mean, because we could go to Nourish Cafe three times a day and uh, we would be p- perfectly happy, but that's not sustainable for us. So... Exactly. So we're buying big quantities of... The mescaline greens, they come in a big plastic box. Mea culpa, they come in a big plastic box. But we do the best we can in this crazy planet. But you don't have to wash these greens. They're already washed. You don't have to chop them and pull them off from a stem. You just grab them and throw them in a bowl. So we're talking about easy when you're not at home. So the first thing you're going to need is a big bowl. Big bowl. So we found Grab that mess of greens and throw throw it in in the bowl. Big bowl. And then... uh, what I like to do is uh, is I chop an onion, and I like to chop the whole onion and keep it in a container because I don't want to be chopping all the time, and that way I can just throw some chopped onions on there. 
And then I always, when I'm traveling, I buy cherry tomatoes or the small tomatoes. They don't have to be chopped. Right. Now, they may be a little more expensive, but not much. But you give them a quick rinse and... They're done. Okay, so now we've got a nice, big, hefty bed of greens on the bottom. We've got some of the chopped onions. We throw in some of the tomatoes. And on the stove, you might be boiling a sweet potato. Either on the stove or in the microwave. In the microwave. Even better for now, those Now, we don't folks. have a microwave at home, but everyone else on the planet seems to have one. You made a, a great comment the other day. You said, I like to boil my vegetables as opposed to baking them because boiling them cooks them at a lower temperature than, than baking them. That's correct. And when we cook at a very high temperature, even things like potatoes, which have starch in them, we can make... I need some Jaws music in the background. We can make acrylamide, which is a cancer-causing material, Uh, 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 acrylamide, uh, 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 right? uh, uh, And when we cook uh, uh, things at very high temperatures, we start to make things that aren't ideal for our bodies. So boil your potatoes is... So boiling and steaming is is better to cook with if you're concerned about health. But steaming also gets hotter than 212, so... Steam steam actually gets hotter than 212. Okay, perhaps right? under pressure, but not an atmosphere. Ah, yeah, because someone may have thought of that, and then you just answered the question. <laughs> so that's why I bring it up. That's, that's why I bring right. it up. Now, I know that the air fryer is a very popular thing, but an air fryer can, can, also, can also be problematic because it's acrylamide. cooking things like in the oven when you bake things. So good old-fashioned boiling. Is, yeah. Now, is... we like our baked fries, okay? But they are not sure. as healthy as a boiled potato. So we take a boiled potato, and you could then boil a few sweet potatoes, keep them in the fridge, and then when you make your bowls, slice up a little bit of sweet potato, and then that's the next ingredient. And as I mentioned, I think I mentioned this a little too much, but I, it just tickles me. When you cook something like a potato... And you cool it. You create resistant starch, which is a good thing. It's something that doesn't get digested until down in the colon. Yes. So when you cook the potato ahead of time and then add the cooled potato, you could reheat it or chop it and cool in the salad. You're getting more nutritious potato with the resistant starch. Wow. So so we have a bed of greens. We have some onions. We have some sliced sweet potatoes. We're, We're assembling our bowl. The next thing might be some quinoa, right? You might want to throw some you quinoa. You could put a grain in there. I kind of think if we've got a potato, we don't need a grain, but you could put a grain and and or and or and or and or and or and or. Right. Okay. And then there's the bean. The bean. The what bean. are we going to do? Don't forget the bean. No, no, we're building the bowl here, and so the last ingredient would be some beans. Right. Now, the first night we were here, I kind of went for the treat. Which... And, and come on, folks. A treat for me is not really a treat, treat, considering this planet we live on. I got a plant-based burger from Safeway that was organic, black bean burgers, and it was pretty clean. It did have some isolated pea protein in it, which I'm not a fan of any kind of isolated proteins. But other than that, it was a pretty good burger. And that's where our bean was. I plopped that right on the salad. And you had a little leftover Miyoko's mozzarella. I did. I bought some of that while you were away, while we were apart because I was depressed and I needed something. (laughs) Right. Uh, So I bought some mozzarella, but boy, that lasted a long time. It lasted weeks. Yeah. Thank you, Miyoko, for making it last weeks in the refrigerator. And so we we put a little bit of that on the burger. But you could just put regular beans. I've got some 
unsalted, canned, organic black beans. I prefer buying beans from dry and cooking them. But again, we've got our space issue here in on the stove, on the counter, and in the refrigerator. So I'm going for canned right now. Sure. I understand that. Cans are can do. Can do. They're as not long as favorite. you have a can opener, because you'd be surprised in kitchens that are well stocked, sometimes it's difficult to find the can opener. But they do package beans in boxes, so you can look at look for those. I know that Whole Foods has boxed beans and opposed to canned beans. So when you're on the road, if you don't have a can opener, you can always go into Whole Foods and buy a box of beans. Yeah, and then you either have to scissor it open or... I don't know. How does you it have to with find a, a way with to your teeth. open it. No, yeah, don't, not, open don't it with recommend teeth. teeth. No, you'll never get it open. <laughs> All right. And now on dressing. Our... Let's talk about dressing on our bowl because we have to finish our bowl. What did we make? Well, tahini. We we like tahini. There's a lemon tree in the backyard, so a little We're in water. California. A lemon little trees tahini everywhere. and fresh lemon juice is perfection. Believe it or not, lemons grow on trees here in they California. Do. They grow on trees. <laughs> <laughs> so that so was... some of the other places we went to, I had this feeling when I just got here. I wanted to have a moment of like I'm on vacation. We're on vacation. Right. And I wanted to have a matcha latte. Now, I like matcha. I turned on to it a few years ago. Maybe you remember this story. My high school friend sent me a, a matcha kit with a bowl and a whisk, and some matcha, because he didn't want it, and he thought maybe I would, and he was so right, and I'm hooked. Right. He got you going on matcha. But I want to mention that matcha, or any tea, black tea, green tea, white tea, have many health benefits, but if you add milk, and that's cow's milk, or unfortunately plant milk, this will negatively impact the benefits of the tea. It's just the way it is. Plant milk plant milks may be less so, but the proteins in the milk, any milk, impact the polyphenols, the antioxidants in a negative way. They don't make them toxic, <laughs> but they take away some of the health benefits. Oh, I see. I did not know that. Yeah. So I normally drink my matcha with just water. I like it that way. And the Japanese matcha aficionados will tell you that's the best way to have it. That's the best way to appreciate those flavors, grassy flavors, some would say. Right. But occasionally I like the rich, satisfying feeling of a latte. Sure. A soy latte. That's my preference. So I had one. Yes, you did. At a local place. It was called Ride and Grind. Ride and Grind. It's supposed to welcome the the cyclists to ride. Ah, I get it. Ride and Grind. Because it was cyclist friendly. Because it's right by Golden Gate Park. Sure. Ride and Grind. Yes. And they had a lot of plant milk options there. Yeah. You got the... Matcha latte with soy. I did. It was yum. And I think I got mint tea with soy. It was yeah. good. And we were on sort of a, a latte quest. We wanted to walk to all of the cafes in this area of San Francisco. That was my goal for the day. The latte hop. 
Latte and what hop. happened? I ended up having one. We had one latte. And I was done. One and done. One and done. But it was fun. One and done, but it was fun. So- and then we went later on in the day to Loving Hut. Yes. Loving Hut is on the other side of Golden Gate Park from where we are. So we had a walk in the park and then walk through the park to the other side. And that was on Irving Street. Irving Street is really hopping. Yeah. So many hip cafes, people sitting outside. It's it at, just looked like a lot of fun. It's at 524 Irving Street in San Francisco. What oh, is on Irving? Yeah. Uh, Irving Street, as Karen just mentioned, is a happening street. And Loving Hut, I know there's one in New York I've been to. It's a chain. Yeah, so they're all over the place. And, of course, they are one of the few veg vegan restaurants that still don't have seating inside the restaurant. You have to walk up to the door and order. And I know there are several other Loving Huts or restaurants affiliated with Loving Huts that still aren't letting folks in because of the pandemic. Like Vegetarian House in San Jose. Which is affiliated with the Supreme Master. The Supreme Master Ching Hai. So I want to just talk a little bit about the pros and cons of these restaurants. What I love about them is they're vegan. Yes. And they're passionately vegan. Right. And I've talked to the manager, Sonny, at Vegetarian House, a very lovely, kind, caring person and they really care about what they're preparing for their customers of course the food is salty and oily right it's not the healthiest food but it is vegan and there's some really yummy stuff i love what they do with lion's mane mushrooms there's some fun things and you can get some items that are healthier than others it's choice but here is my momentary concern the, the Supreme Master is the founder of the Loving Hut restaurant chain, which in 2017 had 200 locations in 35 countries worldwide. Wow. Yeah. 200, over 200 locations? Right. So the key word there, or the key phrase there, is that the Supreme Master Ching Hai is the founder of the Loving Hut. And it's wonderful that you can go all over the world and find vegan food like this. And I, I have a particular liking for Asian food, Chinese food, Vietnamese food. And that's what these particular restaurants are based on, the cuisines that they're based on. And Qinghai was born in Vietnam, so... There you go. That's her influence. Mother of a Chinese father. So the problem, or the perceived problem, is the Supreme Master Qinghai has some interesting politics. Right. And the Supreme Master Ching Hai has talked about meditating and, I guess, receiving messages on a variety of issues. But the Supreme Master Ching Hai has supported and promoted Trump when he was president. Mm-hmm. And I've read some things where the Supreme Master Ching Hai says that Biden is possessed. And I even read something very offensive that the reason why he stumbles with his words is because he's possessed. And something like that is really insensitive. Right. Because we know that Biden is someone who had an issue with stuttering and has worked very hard to take care of them. I think he's done a great job. Right. And uh, as president, he was handed a country that was full of problems just huge problems. And I'm not saying he's the best. I'm not saying he's the worst. 
I'm just saying he's got a very hard job. Yes, I agree. And he's got a totally dysfunctional Congress that cannot make compromises, cannot agree to anything. And then, of course, we've got a Supreme Court that's just gone off the deep end and brought us back 100 years. So I want to support these restaurants because... They on serve the one vegan hand, they're food. vegan, right. On the other hand, I'm concerned about the political message. So I just thought I'd share that. We don't go to those restaurants as much as we used to. No, we don't. For that reason. But we had a weak moment and we went to the Loving <laughs> Hut. I had, what did I have? I can't remember what I had. It was so forgettable. You had uh, a rice dish? Yeah, it was really not, not that good. It just was... Tofu and vegetables and brown rice. And we had our heavenly salad. What did you have at Lebanon? I had a soup. So we're walking around San Francisco and it's July and the rest of the world is sweltering and I am chilled to the bone. So I wanted a hot soup to comfort me. I got their ramen. I don't know. It was a ramen soup. It was but a I noodle asked, soup. What? I asked for rice noodles instead of wheat noodles. Right. And we, we got some soft rolls. Those were fine. Those were fine. But it was just meh. It wasn't yeah, it anything wasn't... spectacular. Yeah. Um, but as you said, doing vegan food all over the world. And so on the one hand, we like to know that they're out there. On the other hand, the politics is against our belief. Why does everything have to be so complicated? Maybe to keep us balanced. Perhaps. Balanced. Or imbalanced. Imbalanced. Talking about ways to make life better. They also had chocolate cake at Loving Hut. And I had this chocolate cake craving. And again, it was not an awesome chocolate cake. It was okay. It was okay. A vegan chocolate cake. And again, we didn't celebrate our birthdays together in person because we were apart for the the last three months. So that was our little birthday celebration. So going to Loving Hut. And Gary brought a candle. I did. I brought a candle. It was a used, broken, broken candle. It was beautiful. So I put, thoughtful. I put it in my backpack and it kind of broke a little bit, but I knew we were going to be celebrating our birthday, our birthdays together. So we recycle everything, including birthday candles. Of course. Yeah. Right down to the bottom. That's right. <laughs> and remember in the age of COVID, don't blow out your candles oh, in public. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> You're supposed Please. to fan your candles or... You could have it on your own cupcake, right. your own piece. Right. Yeah. And you know, COVID's still, it's still real. It's still... Definitely. It's still happening. I'm directing these two shows and we've got some folks out with COVID, so... Just be careful. What's on your mind, Karen? What's right. on your mind? What's on my mind? I wanted to give a shout out... Mm-hmm. to the work being done at the Center for Food Safety. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. So there are a couple of items that I wanted to talk about. One of them came out last month, and I never had a chance to bring it up, but I wanted to, and I want to not only bring up what they did, but then kind of riff on it a little bit. They had a press release Federal court rejects glyphosate registration decision because EPA ignored cancer risks, endangered species risks. So perhaps you remember that the EPA at at some point came out with a report and said that glyphosate was not a problem, that it was safe to use and did not cause cancer. 
Meanwhile, the rest of the world and scientists in this country are saying that glyphosate definitely increased risks, especially with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And glyphosate is a disaster. So the EPA didn't say that. And finally, it's kind of a historic victory for not only us, but for farmers and for the environment. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit sided with the Center for Food Safety and overturned the Environmental Protection Agency's decision that the toxic pesticide glyphosate is safe for humans and imperiled wildlife. Now, they use the word pesticide, and we're now using the word biocide. Right. And pesticide, interesting, normally means those toxic chemicals that we use to kill pests. Sometimes people use it to include herbicides, which are the toxic chemicals that kill plants. Right. If you look up glyphosate, you, you see it connected with herbicide. herbicides. And it's, um, it's applied to the leaves of plants to kill both broadleaf plants and grasses. Go ahead, Yeah, Karen. so glyphosate, as so many of you probably know, has been paired with plants that have been genetically engineered to work with the Roundup-ready weed killer, where glyphosate is the, Bad the stuff. flagship ingredient, and they work together. So the plants have been engineered to resist the Roundup-ready weed killer. So the Roundup-ready weed killer kills the weeds and doesn't kill the plant. And over time, we have learned that not only is Roundup Ready with glyphosate incredibly toxic to humans, it's incredibly toxic to the environment, and the weeds are getting smarter. The weeds are learning to resist, so they have to add more, or they have to go backwards and use other biocides right. to add to the toxicity of our dead soil. Anyway, so this is good news. And the opinion said that the EPA didn't adequately consider whether glyphosate causes cancer and shirked its duties under the Endangered Species Act. So now the EPA has to go back and do more work. So for a moment, we're good. The court required that the EPA redo and or finish all remaining glyphosate determinations by an October 20. 22 deadline or within four months. This includes a redone ecological toxicity assessment, a redone cost and analysis of impacts to farmers from pesticide harms, as well as all endangered species analysis and mitigation. So that's that. Now let's just spin a little bit on glyphosate. So glyphosate we know is in Roundup Ready, which is used for soy, alfalfa, and a few other products that have been designed to resist the Roundup Ready. Right. Biocide. But there's a number of issues here. Wheat and other grains. Farmers have been using Roundup Ready or glyphosate as a desiccant to dry up the plants with the grains to make harvesting easier. And there have been so many studies now that show that there's glyphosate residue in significant amounts on our wheat and on our oats. And we were just looking at a box of pasta. Are we talking about conventional wheat and oats? Yes, not, not organic, of course. Right. So we're talking we're going about to talk about organic in a minute. Yeah. But right now you're talking about conventional, conventional industrial. Industrial, right. Some folks call it conventional. We call it industrial. industrial. For a long time, 
I, like many people, lived on pasta, lived on white wheat pasta. We were just talking about that today. When you, I was in college, college you had four mac- for a dollar, I got the store brand of macaroni and cheese in the box. This was before your vegan days. You were a vegetarian. Yes. You lived on macaroni and cheese. It was four for a dollar. I mean, back then, even today, I'm sure uh, some of the boxed macaroni and cheese craft or the store brands are still probably considered a good buy for people that are on a strict budget. So cheap. So cheap to eat unhealthily and so expensive, or some say expensive to eat. But even without the disgusting packet of cheese, just white flour pasta today, I don't see it as food. Mm -hmm. I see it as something that has a high residue of glyphosate, which increases the risk of cancer especially non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, affects our gut in a negative way, our microbiome. The gut talks to the brain. You know, the head bones connected to the... Yeah. yeah, uh, The gut is like the situation room. Right. It's like the situation... The gut's like the situation room. Right. (laughs) Anyway, life would say it's bad news, and it's It's, all over everything. It's in Cheerios. I see these foods now. They give you Cheerios in the hospital, I'm told. Oh, sure, they do. Glyphosate's a problem. And it's also connected to eating animal foods because glyphosate is used to grow soy and alfalfa, corn, the foods that we feed, animals that ultimately are slaughtered to feed people. So people are getting that residue of glyphosate indirectly and accumulated in the body of these animals. Bad news, bad news, bad news. Anyway, yeah, so, so that's some uh, good work you know, by the, the Center The World for Health Organization, I mean, there was a lot of people trying to say that it wasn't the cause of cancer, but then the World Health Organization came out in 2015 stating that glyphosate is a carcinogenic to humans. Hundreds of patients with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma started suing the manufacturers of glyphosate herbicides after uh, that announcement was made. So... There's a lot. I mean, you're not. There's a lot gonna, of evidence. You're not going to be hearing about it because there's big money lobbyists behind this product that is sold at Home Depot and all of these other places for people who want to take the easy way out of weeding their gardens. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do. Just while we're on the subject of glyphosate and why people buy it in Roundup Ready, they they don't want to go out to their gardens and and weed things. They they want to spray something on and then be done with it. While that's probably more convenient for the moment, the long-term effects and short-term effects are disastrous on not only you, but your children who play in the garden. The water runoff from your garden into our water system, and then we're drinking it. Manually removing your weeds is probably the best thing. I mean, there are other ways to do it without glyphosate. You know, you could use steam or hot foam weeding, which is an alternative. But weeding is good for you. But weeding it's is an like exercise. Working out, right? Right. Some people even go to flame weeding. They have these flame these flamethrowers that they right. walk around blowing fire on. But just go out there and put some gloves on and get some really cool gardening togs and go out there and pull some weeds. You only have to do it once every two weeks. It's a workout. Yeah, I always like playing in the dirt. It's fun. Don't buy Roundup. <laughs> don't buy Roundup. And don't buy food. And this is my segue. And don't buy conventional and or industrial food. Buy organic food. 
But Karen, why do we get lots of pushback from people when we well, say that? Well, that's to what them? we wanted to talk about. This pushback people give too many excuses for buying not only vegan but organic. I have a friend tell me, "Yeah, I'd love to be healthy, but I can't afford it. I can't afford to eat healthy." And, and I want to say you can't afford not to eat. And healthy. starting with our bowl recipe just now, as we got on the air. That doesn't cost a lot of money. A sweet potato is probably one of the less expensive things you could buy in a grocery store. Yep. Beans. Beans are so inexpensive. You can buy beans. There are so many diets in this world that people subsist on beans. Subsist on beans and grains. So what is this mindset? Okay, so we have some problems right now in 2022 because of a number of different things, but inflation is going up, interest rates are going up. Food is more expensive. It's making it more difficult for people in general to buy food. I'm not saying that I don't acknowledge that. I know that there are people that are struggling. Sure. But let's first talk about the people who aren't struggling. People who have means. Because it's a supply and demand thing. And the more of us that demand certain foods, there will be a greater supply and the price will go down. So when more of us demand organic, more of us with means, there will be more organic. And if we're not buying the conventional, the industrial, supply and demand works. And for some people that may be okay, but still have to watch what they buy, it's really just a shift in priorities, especially here in the United States, where we are socialized to be Consumers, 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 not citizens. Socialized or hypnotized? Yes, <laughs> hypnotized, where we're manipulated, hi- socialized. Where it's we're all- hypnotized yeah, to definitely. be consumers. If you really look at what you've spent over the year and see where you've put your money, there are probably things that weren't necessary. Yeah. And you could put that towards your organic food budget. Right. I know that when Gary and I first got together in 2006 or so. We were broke. We were (laughs) broke. And we were broke. You thought I was pretty miserly about many things. Oh, you saved us. But we always ate organic. Always ate organic and we always ate well. We always ate well because it was a priority. Thankfully, because of what you call being miserly, we are here today to share our information with the world. Yeah, well, we had some and difficult times. you can times. do it on pennies. And you can. You really can. And we're still not making a lot of money, but we're far more comfortable than oh we were. Oh my God, we are so poor right now. <laughs> <laughs> but what frustrates me is I have many friends who are upper middle class and right. they do not buy organic. One of my friends has non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And they turn their nose up when you say, we're buying this organic. Because organic is not only good for you, the the person who is doing the consuming, but the people who are growing your food. Absolutely. Because that glyphosate, as we just mentioned... Is a disaster for the farmers and the farm workers. Yes. And the soil, and the water, and the air. And now you have to go to these little farmer's markets in order to get these really, really fresh organic vegetables and fruits and vegetables that are... Not as expensive as going to the grocery store. And it's really fun to go to a farmer's market. And they're everywhere. They're even in Wisconsin. 
right? Okay, wait a minute. Don't go okay, there. Okay, don't, don't go too far. <laughs> I did a show on the farmer's market in Fort Atkins in Wisconsin. It was terrible. And right. They barely even had any food, let alone organic. But there are more supermarkets offering a minimum of organic food. And I talked about this a few months ago. I went into an Aldi's. I had never been there. It was a horrifying experience in terms of the energy that was in there. But they had some basic organic food that I bought. Right. It's supply and demand. So if we start demanding it, the supply will be greater and it will become less expensive. So that's my rant on glyphosate and organic. Yeah. So again, it's really, you can do it and you're being set up to think that you can't, but there is a way to adjust and afford organic And I know there are more people with food intolerance and food allergies. There are people that have celiac and they can't eat wheat and the gluten-free pastas are so expensive and that really takes a big chunk out of your food budget. Well, you don't have to be eating pasta. You don't have to be eating processed foods. Again, beans, grains, pseudo grains. There are plenty that are gluten-free. Beans, grains, and greens. And you buy them in bulk and you buy them dry. I'm telling you, these bowls that we're talking about, I mean, we didn't just bring this up on a whim. These are filling. They're delicious. You pour that tahini dressing on them. Yeah. And they they fill you up. And they're really, really, really just satisfying. And I know people want to be satisfied. They go to McDonald's and places like that because they think it satisfies you. But then they don't realize that they're out for a pizza following that. And it's not sustainable to your health. If anything, the first thing I would want to do in my in this mindset that I'm in now is take care of my temple, take care of my body. I know it sounds corny, but it's true. You want to take care of this first because this is going to, as you said, be the situation room of the, your the, whole body. Of the gut is the is the boiler room of the of the ship. It gets you through the fog. I can't think of enough metaphors to say that <laughs> you're worth it. And as Karen and I pointed out, we didn't have any money when we ate well, well, organic and well, and we still eat well. And let's just just for a moment talk about memory, because yes. for those people who make it to the ripe old age of eighty-five, right, fifty percent of people eighty-five and older have memory problems, right. And how do you prevent that? You prevent that with a healthy whole food plant. Please talk about that because I was just having this discussion today with cast members and I don't usually get on the soapbox about my vegan lifestyle. But one of the reasons you and I both are so happy that we are plant-based is because we're actors and it's all about the memory if you're an actor, especially a theater actor. And if you don't have your memory, then you don't work. I am submitting auditions like four a week minimum. And some of those require memorizing a new monologue or sides, which is a scene with someone else. Memorizing words to a song. An original song that you've never heard before. An original song that I've never heard before. And I'm doing this on a regular basis now because that's what you have to do in the theater world. The live auditions have kind of gone by the wayside and everything's virtual. And in addition to that, I'm learning three languages every day. Yeah. And that's memory. And so the plaque from eating animals that can be one of the contributing 
factors to Alzheimer's. Yes. To dementia. Yep. The blood flow to your brain is being blocked. Yep. When you go to on a plant-based diet, when you are a vegan, when you stop eating animals, you can reverse that. Absolutely. You can improve your blood flow. And that improves or at least maintains pretty reliable memory. And so for actors, memorizing lines in the short term just for an audition is is critical. You know, it's funny though. Where were we? I had memorized oh, this was July fourth. So in May and June, I was I started doing these monologues, memorizing them while I was in Wisconsin. And I had memorized a monologue from a play called Time Stand Still. Right. And it was about a woman journalist played by Laura Linney. We saw it on Broadway. On Broadway. And she was talking about a war scene that she had been involved in. And the monologue talks about that violence and the impact it had on the people and herself. And I learned the monologue. And then a month or so later, I'm sitting on my terrace, July 4th, with a friend of mine. Unfortunately, Gary was in California and I was in New York. And people are going nuts with fireworks. It's just getting worse and worse. And this was the worst July 4th ever on our terrace. I could see the lovely planned fireworks out on the coast far away on the south shore of Long Island. There's like three locations that we always look at, but you can never really hear anything. This, it was like a war zone. It felt like bombs were dropping left and right all around me. And I started to think about that monologue. Sure. I started to connect with my feelings of working that monologue being in a war zone. Right. Donald Margulis is the author of Time Stands Still. And if you're listening to this podcast and you like theater and you like to read plays or go to plays or produce plays, hire Karen (laughs) to do the role of the photojournalist who is now talking about the atrocities of war from a Brooklyn loft apartment. It's a great play. Yeah. The character's name is Sarah, and she was seriously injured while covering the war in Iraq, and she talks about that in the monologue. It's a great play. Donald Margulis is a great playwright. I got one more thing. Yeah. No, I know. We have lots to talk about, but we're moving on from, from that subject of why organic. And my answer to that is, why not? The excuse that it's too expensive doesn't hold distilled water. Doesn't hold purified distilled water. And the white flower that you lived on in college and and the white flower that a lot of folks continue to live on. It wasn't as bad. It wasn't as that's that was my point. It wasn't as bad then, but now it's it's a disaster. It's so tainted. It's a disaster. Okay, moving on to the next subject. Okay. Back to the Center for Food Safety. We have a campaign right now where they're collecting names. Because they want to urge the FDA to rescind its exemption of genetically engineered cows from regulation and to commit to regulating all genetically engineered animals. What kind of crazy sci-fi planet do we live on? Oh, I need some some sci-fi music to be thrown in here. Exactly. So here we are. Yeah, right? Now, we've talked over and over and over and over and over and over and over how everyone needs to eat less animals, not more. How raising animals to feed people is devastating for our health and for the planet. And so what do scientists come up with? 
They create a genetically engineered cow that's had its genes altered to have short, slick coats that can more easily withstand hot weather. The meat industry hopes lighter coats will cause cows to gain weight more easily so that they can produce more beef at a faster pace. And certainly this is important as the planet is heating up and all of these cows, where was it, in Kansas recently? They died because it got so hot. So maybe if we can genetically engineer a cow that doesn't get as hot, well, we can have a little more global warming and have our burger too. Unbelievable. It's just insane. Crazy. And, the, and then the federal government says, the FDA says, we're going to grant them an, these genetically engineered cows an exemption so that they don't have to be regulated. And we don't even know. We don't even know what this change, this modification does if we consume these genetically modified cows. And the FDA has only tested three of these cows. Before they got this exemption. It's nuts. Oh, and Center for Food Safety says, and one of those cows died. But they still... And we want to eat them. And we want to eat them. These poor animals. So I am going to include a link on this podcast. You can go to the Center for Food Safety and sign their petition that they will be bringing to the FDA. And maybe we can bring a little sanity... To this. To the insane planet we live on. Now, the planet itself is wonderful. It's marvelous. The the wonders of, I mean, we were walking through the park. The trees are magnificent. The birds flying. When I see a bird flying and always look at the bird and say, you win. (laughs) You are the superior being. Or the little ants moving the large grains of salt around and all of these crazy networks that are happening around us. And here we are. The humans, the giants, just da, 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 walking through the park, throwing away the garbage, you know, and it's just, it's crazy. We, we don't pick up after ourselves. We don't clean up our messes. We just continue to make messes. We continue to destroy things. We continue to destroy ourselves and everyone around us. And what is that all about? And now we're, we're taking these cows and we're, We're becoming Dr. Frankensteins with them, and we're just creating this horrible existence for them. These are beings, and then we we are doing it for one reason only, to grow them, to kill them, and to then eat them. And make money. And to make money. Maybe that's the only reason we're doing it. And we're not all making money. It's just for a small few. Now, also keep in mind, and let's tie this all together, those genetically engineered cows, and we don't know if they're going to trigger any unexpected allergies in people that consume them. But put that aside. Those genetically engineered cows are going to be munching on genetically engineered soy, genetically engineered alfalfa, genetically engineered corn. They're going to be accumulating it in their bodies. And then people who eat them will have that accumulated quantity of genetically engineered material and glyphosate residue. More glyphosate. Yum, yum, yum. And then defecating that. Right. Making a toxic soup for the planet and the soil, and which is already a disaster. It's not good. And the amazing thing is just like a glimmer of hope here for a moment before we tie and tie this program up. With a bow. With a beautiful bow. Right. <laughs> 
made of organic plant materials. Yeah. (laughs) Is that when we stop doing these horrific things, when we stop raising animals to feed people, when we stop industrial agriculture, when we start using organic agriculture and permaculture, when we start to nurture the soil, the earth will turn around so fast and clean up all the damage that we've made so fast. Just like your body, if you switch immediately right now, this very minute to a plant-based diet. Your body will start to heal so fast. You know, this program, you're listening to it on July 12th. And July of 2011 was when we founded Responsible Mm -hmm. Eating and Living. So happy anniversary, Karen. Thank you. 11 years. Responsible Eating and Living. Yes, 11 years. It's uh, it's great. And you know, the first vegan meal I had when I said to myself, I'm going vegan, was right down the road here at the Marina Safeway in San Francisco. I called you, you were in New York, and I said, I just bought a banana and a block of baked tofu. And last night, I brought home a block of baked tofu. Oh. <laughs> and An I anniversary a, treat. Yeah, and I ate a banana mm. this morning. So very simple, good. It's the food. responsible eating and living anniversary, July eleventh of July of two thousand eleven. Eleven years, eleven eleven. We are a five hundred one c three not for profit corporation that is supported by people like you. Yes. Visit responsibleeatingandliving.com. Let us know how you are. Karen, it's been great catching up. Oh with my you. god, I love doing this podcast with you, Gary. You're I my know, favorite. It's so much fun. But while we're on the subject, there's some great archived podcasts that you've had the last few weeks without me. You talked to Anne Esselstyn and Jane Esselstyn on the 28th. The title of the program was Be a Plant-Based Woman Warrior. How was that? Was that fun? It was really fun. And I want to say that just be a plant-based warrior. We don't even have to talk gender here. This is for everybody. That's on the ar- in the archives now, so yes, you can catch it. Absolutely. And Lee Hall. Lee Hall on June 21st. How was that talk with Lee? I love talking to Lee. Lee is a very, very thoughtful person. And Lee recently put the book that Lee wrote on their own terms in an audible form that is available, I believe, for free wow. on Lee's Patreon site. So that's up there at responsibilityandliving.com. All the links you need. Lee Hall, 30 years of non-human personhood. Check it out. Karen's been doing some work. Kathy Davis on June 7th is up in the archives. Vegan-spired. <laughs> so lots for, lots for you to listen to, lots for you to do on our website, responsibleeatingandliving.com. As Karen mentioned, we are a 501c3. If you feel like you need to make some donations, send some our way. And I promise we will use every penny wisely because that's how I roll. Right. That's how I roll with pennies, my penny roll. And while you're on the website, check out our burger recipe. Even cowgirls get the blues, veggie burger, gluten-free, SOS-free, which is salt, (laughs) oil, and sugar-free. It's vegan. They're awesome. We have to make those really soon. They're really good, and you don't need to genetically modify any cows (laughs) to make the burger. You can just do it. And don't forget bowls, bowls. Go bowling. Go bowling. Yeah. All right. All right, Gary, thanks so much for joining me today on It's All About Food. And everybody, thanks for listening and for caring. Gary?
Karen. Have a delicious week.